Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Kyo and Bradley. No, it's not, it's not the beat. That's, it's Kyo. Oh, I thought it was yeah. This and Bradley. Welcome to well the legends right. only. <laughs> I I was mesmerized by your melody. Oh yeah. Okay, let's round two. Kyo and Bradley. Welcome to. Legends only. T. Kyle. And Bradley. Welcome to. Legends only. Wow. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. To another episode of Legends Legends Only. Only. A weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about Legends Legends Only. And welcome to our very first Deep in My Heart dive. I know. Uh, Deep in Our Hearts. We know it's only you. And we also know that this is a deeply beloved topic that we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. Deeply beloved album. So the, the inspiration for this deep in my heart dive does come from the Britney podcast because that's essentially what we did for 20 years of her career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the concept for doing a deep dive <laughs> is taking something and then diving deep into it. So yeah. Well, there's, I feel like there's numerous um, inspirations for this specific episode. Oh, certainly. Um, I don't think the girls are ready for it. I don't think they expected it. It's a little random, but it's not really random. It's not at all. So, one, it is the anniversary this week. Yeah, that's pretty much the reason. Well, no. We were talking about Dua 
last mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. and also the Sam Smith song. Right. And I was going to, yeah. in preparation for this deep dive, I was like, wait a minute. We were just talking about how Dua went disco. Mm-hmm. Maybe that sound will come back. And then I was like, oh my God, we're doing confessions, which is like very right. much, you know, history re- repeating itself. It really is. The Sam Smith song samples I Feel Love, so does mm-hmm. Confessions. Madonna- I'm like, oh my God. Time is a flat circle, Our a flat mo- disco ball. <laughs> Shattered glass Shattered on the floor. <laughs> it is kind of a full circle moment. It is. And I'm like, oh my God, what if someone has a confessions moment soon? We can only hope. I know, right? That'll never happen. But... <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> we can stay optimistic anyway. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't guessed by now, the album that we're deep diving into is Madonna's 2005 studio album, Confessions on a Dance Floor. Mm-hmm. Now, this is very personal to me. A little more personal raw. <laughs> <laughs> can we try? <laughs> that deep dive needs to come soon. That will come too. That's a slightly Speaking different. Artists. Speaking of legends. Um <laughs> Confessions is admittedly, so this is going to get me in trouble with some fans, but also like I've done my homework since. Confessions was my official entry point into Madonna's career. And I think maybe yours. Um, Not first toe in the water. Not first toe. I'm going to, yeah, let me, my first actual memory is seeing the Frozen video on the TV at the Blockbuster in Milford. Oh my gosh. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Do you remember those? R.I.P. Wow. <laughs> the kids don't know. We actually had to rent videos. I know. To you had them. to get in your car, convince your mom to give you $5, go to the store, try and find it in the shelves. Someone else probably already rented it. Mm-hmm. Wow. But anyway, struggle. That, that's like my first memory of any sort. Of, and I was like, you know, scared by it because she's like in the Frozen video. She's she's um a witchy frozen. sort of. She's frozen and, and there's the, the ravens and the, the it's a very uh, spiritual video. And now it's my favorite Madonna song. But anyway, uh, 2005, I'm like really getting into my gayness at this point, like full on. Because as we've deduced, I've always talked about 2003 was our coming out year. Mm-hmm. So now I'm starting to do the homework and the era kicks off with a Motorola commercial. And there's like rumblings on prehistoric internet about this whole like disco comeback and and this era and everything. And I remember so vividly the snippet dropping like September 2005. It was like a sped up version, I want to say, of the chorus. It was like 30 seconds or a minute. And it fundamentally changed my DNA. I was just 10 times gayer Your for MDNA. it. I was MDNA. Thank you. Wait. Okay. So backing up for a second. <laughs> okay. So when you saw the Frozen music video yes. in Blockbuster. Yes. I thought, who was that scary woman? know who she was? Like, rewind our, put ourselves mm. back in our early days. Okay. So was that your, did you know the song? Like, did you stand the singles? Like, what was your Madonna standum? Because you are like a massive Madonna mm-hmm. stand now. I had to do a lot of reverse, uh, reverse standum because oh. so much time had passed since, since I like formally got into being a fan. Now that I'm thinking about it, we had a whole moment with her with 2003, me yeah. against the music, like, of course. But even up till that point, I don't think I really did the research. Mm-hmm. I just knew she was a legend. I knew nobody gets raised in society without vaguely knowing, you know, like a virgin, these like, like a prayer. Material girl. Material, like you hear those songs everywhere and it's inescapable and you like know peripherally that this is a legend. 
but I didn't really like do the research um, until gotcha. 2005. So, like you knew she was a legend, but you didn't know why she was. Yeah, because as yeah, I as same. I always say, like Britney is was my queen growing up always but as i later learned madonna is the queen mm-hmm. like that's what i always say britney's my favorite but madonna is the queen right in the royal hierarchy of it all agreed same i was like into all the singles mm-hmm. and for me my first i'm not first memory but my most vivid and this is gonna sound so homosexual but <laughs> I remember uh, having Beautiful Stranger. Oh, yes, that too. On a cassette tape. Austin Powers. That you had to record off the radio. Mm-hmm. And you had to be like, I hope it's number one on top nine at nine because yep. I need to record this. And I was in my backyard on our swing set doing like twirls and like jumps off the swing set while listening to Beautiful Stranger and thinking that I was in a music video. Honestly, very underrated song also. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... In looking back at my life, like before I really like took to stan culture and like went hard for artists, obviously Britney was there from the beginning, but Madonna was always like kind of there and I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do feel like I have flashes of like, yes, the Austin Powers soundtrack, like that video with, um, with Austin Powers and her like in the car and everything. I definitely remember that. I remember downloading Madonna songs on Kazaa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and TRL. I mean, TRL, she was still... yeah making videos and stuff Mm -hmm. it's just something clicked for me around i mean they they say that like the albums around when you're like 15 16 are the most impressionable time of like music impact on you and that's really when i became such a nerd about music and so i've got the immaculate collection which is like her almighty greatest hits and then i did like the back research and got into vogue and everything and and i mean you know we grew up everyone knew vogue already but it's like i really understood why that was revolutionary and all that. And I did my homework basically. And then now I'm an insane fan who travels to Montreal to see opening night of rebel heart tour and opening night of Madame X at bam and all that shit. And she's taken every last dollar from me. (laughs) (laughs) I also remember the video for die another day. Oh yeah. And I didn't really understand at the time why it made so many people angry Mm -hmm, and why mm -hmm. there was all this backlash and how the album quote unquote flopped and like all this stuff. Right. But I just remember people being mad at her and I loved the song, loved the video, still do. And just thought, Oh, it's just everyone hating on a woman. Mm -hmm. Just like everyone hated on Britney when she was new. Right. I remember seeing her in that like black skin tight outfit and it's like this fierce fight scene. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be that. Right. <laughs> and then that's when I started standing. And then obviously she anointed Britney with and, a kiss. And, and I was like, okay, we stand. <laughs> oh, didn't know she was there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, oh, how tragic that they cut the camera away. Uh, forever etched out of history. <laughs> <laughs> Until later years when we started standing bionic, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I was at at this point. Yeah. So 2005, um, and I have the most vivid memory of, of this because this is like when it really, when I became a Stan is I went to a 2005 Relay for Life and I went mostly in honor of Kylie Minogue, who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was my whole, like, I mean, I was so, I, I just had gone full force into Kylie at that time. And I was like. In my head, I was just like, I'm doing this for her. 
which is like me and Milford. Which is a good thing. Me and Milford, Connecticut, like around a track. And I actually met my ex of five years that night, which was very special. But more importantly, I had the ringtone of hung up on my phone. And I remember playing it like over and over at that time because it was about to drop. It was September 2005. And I just remember having that, the um, teaser of the song over and over. Just couldn't wait for it. Yeah, so that's where I was at in 2005 at a Relay for Life, listening to the snippet on my, I want to say, it wasn't the chocolate yet. It was before it. It was a flip. It had the little camera in the middle that you could move up and down. I don't know. I had one of those like Virgin Mobile, like 10 cents a text message Mm. um, phones that were just like buttons in the front. (laughs) QWERTY, wasn't that what it's called? That's like... I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the the keyboard. It literally was like, don't text me. You have to pay 25 cents to text me. Don't oh, do it. Oh, yes. I remember yeah. paying per text. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The kids these days, I mean. They have it so easy. They have with it their... so easy. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember what got me into this album. So it was the start of senior year. And I was getting ready to go to college. And I had applied to all these schools in New York. And this album was like dance and adults. And I was like, oh my God, this is like gay and I'm ready and I'm going to move and I'm going to go to the city. And it was just my moment. Like it reminds me of so much excitement and this transition in my life of leaving small town world, going to New York, gay. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was New York, gay, dancing. Yeah. I remember going to the store and getting the CD and there was a little seat. There was a disco ball like insert in it. And I just, the whole memories. See, this is another thing like the physical experience. You'll never. Okay. Do you remember when you hit stream on thank you next? Like that's, you know, I mean, you will remember that 15 year olds, but like it was something about the physical experience, especially with this album, because the packaging is amazing. And the, the photo shoot and everything, but like getting that little like disco ball insert alone, I was just like, I'll always remember that. Well, the other thing too, and I was thinking about this the other day because this is the first Madonna album that I ever bought mm-hmm. and that I have. It's still in my Legends binder. Um, and I was thinking like, why do I love this so much? And it is that. It's that physical experience yeah. of having to go to the store and buy something. But also like my family, we don't come from money. So growing up, getting an album was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like my mom taking me to the store and getting baby one more time. Oops. Going to Kmart right. and picking it up was like, this is a treat. Mm-hmm. You need to do all these chores to earn this. <laughs> so the amount of hours that I put into mowing that fucking lawn to get my copy of all these albums growing up, like they really mean a lot and why I keep them and why I still have them. So for confessions, I was able to buy this with my own money that I earned from working at Summer Recreation. I definitely bought this with my Michael Arts and Crafts uh, cashier coin. But like, (laughs) it's so special to have earned that. Yeah, for sure. What was um, minimum wage when at your first job? Do you remember? Oh God, I don't. Um, I don't remember. Mine was, I think, four twenty-five. No. Yes. Really? Yeah. Definitely. So it started wasn't... at fourteen, and I did summer recreation. Oh. And then it was like four seventy-five. No, it was. It was more than that. I don't no, know. It was definitely, and then it like switched to seven. Right. Like over. That sounds closer. Like in a, a year or two, it like went from like four to seven. 
I remember. Right. Or and something like that. I just remember long nights wearing an apron at Michael's Arts and Crafts, <laughs> fighting with older women about googly eyes. <laughs> we need an episode the- <laughs> about your experience at Michael's Arts and Crafts because I can only imagine the Karens I, that you had to experience. I'll never look at a pipe cleaner the same way again. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> dark dark experiences but it prepared me for the man i am today wow <laughs> every time you're at the doctor and they like they're like open wide with the popsicle stick and you're like no not again the coupon's expired i'm sorry <laughs> wow no but like yeah, same yeah, with yeah. um being a lifeguard oh yeah yeah just you know a jersey lifeguard can you believe can you believe where we came from to where we are now <laughs> what has changed absolutely nothing nothing I just don't swim anymore because it's too expensive in New York. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, but like... 2005. Those are the days. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this is the first album I bought. And speaking of the album art, it's another reason why I cherish it so much. Yes. Because this is when she started being a little graphic designer on her Photoshop. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to the Re- city. Referring to you, not her. Oh, yeah. Um, me. <laughs> this is when Madonna finally started to step it up. Uh, <laughs> no. Well. No, no, no. She's no. had like some really, No, she's really had good incredible album covers. Yeah. Um, but this one's phenomenal. And it I remember was like, I was like, oh, my God. It's black and neon and lights, which mm-hmm. are all my favorite things. Right, right. And oh, I just love it. Yeah. It's, in fact, for the earliest of Mew Mew's readers, the 12 of you listening, mm-hmm. um, it's the reason for the blog, like the disco ball behind it. And I think I even, I ripped the actual disco ball for the first primitive logo of the website and like even the actual title. Like I, it's just confessions was the imagery that inspired my blog. Yeah. So. I remember I did that one logo for you one year. Oh and yeah. You sent it to me and I was like, this is the confessions. Ball. Yeah. It was like scammed. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, like, Yeah. See you in court. See me in court, Madonna. She would too. Right. She really would. (laughs) Thank God she's not one of the 12 readers. But anyway. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So the imagery really is amazing. The photo shoot, uh, if you haven't seen it, she is with a disco ball for Mm -hmm. a majority of it. Uh, The lighting is all, all of the colors. Yeah. It's, and her hair is like a gorgeous, like kind of red. It's like, it's just, it's a, it's like a oil, painting kind of look too like it's kind of like yeah they are very artistic yes it's all disco related she's in the leotard she's in hot pink uh and know what else i noticed about this looking Mm. back there's so many images yes like this isn't just what the girls do now which is just two photos Mm -hmm. actually do they even have album book like booklets anymore um i don't think they even sell cds yeah, I mean, they do, but, you know, they there's not often a full shoot. No, I mean, look at Glory, for example. It's stills oh, from... What a sore subject. But, yeah. But my point <laughs> was... <laughs> Those were literally MacBook screenshots. Yeah, like, actually, like, but actually, actually though, yes. um, no shade intended. Nope. This had, I want to say, like, 20-something photos. Yeah. It was a massive campaign. There's mm-hmm. dozens, and they're all fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite shoots uh, for an album campaign ever. It's just, it's so cohesive. Mm -hmm. I just love it. And it looks like the album sounds. Yeah. 
And that it looks is... like she's listening to the album. Yes. In it. I mean, it kind of and... looks like the um, the Ritz. Yes. The one which with is the... exactly uh, what I think of when I listen to this album. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the gigantic disco ball. Yeah, now. no, it, it like, actually oh. is kind of like that. Yeah. It's meant to be obviously throwback. You know, Madonna got her start here. She was performing at like Danteteria and all these clubs. And this is meant to be an homage to that time, 70s and 80s dance and disco. And we'll get into the music and how it, she reflects that musically. But it totally captures the vibe. So we stand. And I love the typography. Yes. Clearly I did too. Snatched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump into the album itself, I'm kind of curious from our listeners, because we always joke that we're the uh, podcast for old gays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I mean, do you guys know who Madonna is? Well, they probably do. Uh, if they're listening and they don't, they need to <laughs> no keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I was kind of curious mm-hmm. because this is our first Madonna album that we fell in love with. What is yours listening? Were you like a, Number one, like day one, Madonna Stan. Are you a later Madonna Stan? Candy shop, MDNA. What the fuck is MDNA moment? Let Ooh, us yes, know. A hard candy moment. Right? Like, I'm kind of curious day? where. I know some. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious to the listeners, like, where do you fall on the Madonna standing spectrum? Mm-hmm. Tweet us or Instagram and comment on our post, legends only underscore pod. Yeah, so why don't we uh, why don't we start actually diving deep into the album itself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll uh, take it track by track through confessions on the dance floor. Well, speaking of track by track, oh. actually, oh. before we like go into into this, speaking of CDs and things, <laughs> sequencing. The one thing I loved about this, mm-hmm. which I don't think you can experience anymore now, <laughs> because it's not on streaming. But the CD mm-hmm. from start to finish is seamless. A continuous nonstop mix. Yeah. So you hit start and you have to actually, you know, hit the button on the CD player and it takes you through the entire album and all of the beats just blend into each other. It's yep. produced and mixed to be nonstop music for an hour. And that was just another part of this that was amazing. Yeah. Which I was like listening on streaming and it all fades out and then there's like a gap and it doesn't mix in. And I was like, what happened? They I know. ruined it. I know they have a, they have a nonstop mix. It's still available in some places. I couldn't find it immediately on Spotify or Apple music. But yeah. Not in the U S yeah, but it does exist like a perfect power hour of confessions and it really, it's so blended so well. Shout out to the producer, Stuart price, who we'll get into on this track by track. But yeah, it's uh, it, it makes the experience even more authentically like a night out. Yeah. It's like a whole DJ set. In fact, I should just play it for an hour when I'm DJing next. Nobody would notice. I mean, that would be kind of fun. It would be. It would be easier for You'd me. You'd have to go get the CD player out. It's true. I could do that. Let's begin with the first track, Hung Up, which begins with a TikTok, TikTok, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the app that I'm <laughs> currently using. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so hung up for me is like, not just a song. It means so much to me of all the songs that like turned me gay. This is absolutely in that list of songs. It contains everything I need. It is a dance, disco, gay, ABBA, Madonna. It's just, it's really that song for me. Well, I feel like this song was a 
moment. Yes, that too. Because she was coming off of, and correct me if I'm incorrect, because okay. I will admit that I'm not as like um, versed in American life as like a Stan would be. Right. But I do remember it was like critically uh, slammed mm-hmm. as being a flop, and she got a lot of criticism, and it was very political. And there was the video mm-hmm. that like got scrap like all this stuff it was basically um <clears throat> dare i say <laughs> i was gonna say it was her art pop era well she's actually had a few art pop eras i feel from the press like well, i feel yeah, like they've dragged she's had her a long career which is difficult to get not everyone has exactly that. um not that the album ever sounded as interesting as art pop but you know um in just um <laughs> comparison in like a metaphorical sense it was like a britney jean moment it wasn't sure. exactly critically sure she was coming from acclaimed. a critical low yes so this comeback was like bam yeah and she was fucking snatched and it was dance and it was upbeat and it was just a massive moment yeah she basically said in interviews at the time that she like got out all of her political stuff for the most part like on american life and she was very angsty and political and that she wanted to let go and dance and she wanted to have a fun time again with the music and kind of uplift people. We're all gonna have fun! Which is funny because she kind of did the same thing with like MDNA a few years later when she was working on her movie. But um, this... people are kind of doing that now too. Isn't it weird how. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you. Uh, artists dip into like a very heavy political territory and then they need a break and then they come yeah. back. Yeah. And I think this was, yeah, this was her sort of like rejuvenation of her spirit in a lot of ways. It was. Uh, because American life was so political and divisive and just, I guess the backlash she got was severe. I mean, this was the 2003 was a time of like the Dixie chicks being canceled for not liking Bush. Like Mm -hmm. it was like really she in a man, in a matter of two years or so, she managed to completely like 180 her artistic vision as she is wont to do. She is the queen of reinvention. So she comes out in a leotard, uh, we should the the video is just as iconic and it is parodied and like referenced to this day mm-hmm. her coming out with that boom box and like putting it down in the dance studio is like officially a pop culture moment yeah it is a symbol yeah like you can see that and know who that is it's like britney with the pigtails the joanne hat right things that you remember in pop culture mm-hmm. that leotard that leotard and at that point um so I'm doing the math. Hold on. 6158. If you can do the math. <laughs> she was about 47 when wow. Confessions was happening because she's 61 now. So yeah, that's 2019, 2009 would be 51. Sure. So she yeah, she was about 45, 46 when this is happening. Wow. Which was revolutionary enough that a woman over 40 dared to wear a leotard and, you know, stretch and be provocative in a video and all that. Uh, she's continued to challenge and she will she'll do that until she's 80 for sure and beyond yeah that's why we stand that is why we stand um so this is a video where she has all her dancers and it's uh you know about dancing (laughs) and um one of my favorite cultural landmarks in this is that there's a dance dance revolution It's so <laughs> weird watching in retrospect. Uh, I felt very seen at that point. I was an avid DDR user. Uh, right? I was... like that's when like PlayStation had like mm-hmm. accessories, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, always one to be have her her ear to the street with what's hot. <laughs> 
uh it was it was nice to see that there was ddr representation there (laughs) um but yeah the song so it samples abba and the thing that's cool about that is she actually had to write a letter to them directly and mail it to them and beg to use the sample because they are notoriously stingy i think they've only prior to that did like the fujis once for a sample so she had to ask for clearance and they didn't immediately say yes but I think they now somehow acknowledge that it was like a good move and that they liked the collaboration mm-hmm. or the sample rather. Uh, I'm a bad gay. I thought it was original until like <laughs> this moment last year. <laughs> no, I, when Cher did gimme, gimme, gimme. gimme you're like, I was oh. like, Oh my God. Wow. She sampled hung up. <laughs> and my friend was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, what? And you then, know what? you know, I had an educational moment. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, that's important. Nobody should be criticized for no. not knowing. It's a, it's a teachable moment. It's a learning moment. That is a gimme, 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 a man after midnight, um, which is also a great song. Like it's that song hung up and the share cover of the ABBA song. I love it. I love the yeah. whole trajectory. But yeah, hung up uh, also contains fun fact uh, lyrics from her song with Prince called Love Song. Time goes by so slowly is actually she's referencing her own lyrics. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. This is like for the gays because we love a reference and she's referencing and referencing this whole album. Yeah. It's like music that she was already inspired by or music that she's already made. So, yeah, she lifts from her own uh, lyric book and uh, she lifts those legs. She lifts those legs. Like I that's the one thing I'm thinking of is like that video. Her legs are so flawless mm-hmm. Ugh. it's true yeah this is just like such a a moment in pop culture and to this day like when you put it on at the club it still gets a reaction it's still exciting to me it's just a perfect pop song and i feel like any song about like telephonic disturbance always tends to be amazing like any sort of like telephone hello from adele like i think i wrote about that one time like all these telephone songs tend to be really good oh you mean (laughs) let's do a mega mix we're gonna have a telephone night we should honestly phonography Mm -hmm. featuring telephone featuring hung up yeah any sort of telephonic miscommunication makes for a great song let's talk about phonography i'm hung up on you (laughs) it's there's a hit there there's so many remixes you could do there are hung up on you (laughs) T. Wow. Kyle sings for an hour. Shaking. Yeah, exactly. So let's keep it moving, as the album does. Yeah, because it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. <laughs> Into Get Together, which there was this Twitter meme that went around a few weeks ago that was like, what's the most perfect three song progression on an album? I'm sorry. Hung Up, Get Together, Sorry, a flawless trio. That is T. Mm. But I'm sorry because I kind of disagree. Oh. I'll tell you where mine is later when we get to it. I mean, it's just one of them. I don't think it's the... Well, it's just a very strong one. (laughs) True. It's a very good one. Yes. Yeah. Get together. I really, I really want to be with you. Um, I equally adore this song. Mm -hmm. This music video for me stands out. Oh, yeah. It's kind of... uh, looking back it's kind of like tacky looking mm-hmm. and it's just green screen and yeah. motion graphics sure but as a young twink gay moving to new york <laughs> to go to school for graphic design this was like my aspiration in life 
I was like, oh my God, that video, I'm going to make music videos mm. and do album art for gay icons and legends. Wow. Yeah. So that's why it stands out to me. It was like a goal of mine. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. I want to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have uh, much to say about the song other than I just, it's, you know, it dives even deeper into like the trancier vibes of the, of the album and just the way she says it's all an illusion just oh god it's so good it's so madonna to be like what you see is not the truth like it's all an illusion just it's very it's full of kabbalah isms in a way as she gets into later in the album i just love the song that's basically my thesis (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm really having a moment Speaking of sorry. Oh, the next track. The next track taught me how to say it in about 50 different languages, which is important because I often need to say it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Sorry is just uh, that song. Now, what is this about? Uh, It's I've heard it all before and I can't take it anymore. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) I can read the lyrics aloud, but. um, Is this. Mm hmm a response to a man or is this response to media i think she would tell you it can be whatever you think it is right i always kind of envisioned this song as her inner dialogue to herself Mm. about she's heard it all before yeah and i don't want to say i'm sorry yeah kind of like a response to backlash that she had received in the last album because i think that theme comes up a little bit yeah a couple times in this album And I just love that she is having a transformative moment herself. Mm -hmm. Like she's not ignoring what happened and all the criticism. She's just moving on. Yes. She doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't want to know. Gomenna sai. She like, (laughs) the way she says half of it is so funny. Muche. What does she say? How does she say it? I don't know. I don't want to get canceled. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. I'll take that You can get canceled again. Uh, it's uh, it's a favorite. The whole album's a favorite, but this is a favorite. And the remix on the Confessions tour is great as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Future Lovers. Future Lovers starts to take that journey uh, into uh, Donna Summer world. Yeah. I feel love, and we get that full mashup in the opening of the Confessions tour. I love this song because it interpolates. I Feel Love, which we talked about the episode before, is like one of the most influential disco songs ever, as evidenced here. We love a a Donna Summer moment, and it's like really futuristic and stuff. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, (laughs) it's so good. I like wish that I could play it Mm -hmm. for That's all I'm thinking is I just wish I could blast it right now for you. It makes for a great tour intro. It certainly... Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that stands out from this era to me is that visual of her in the disco ball opening up. And it's just, I mean, it's so simple and it's so minimalistic, but it's just stunning and so memorable. And also extremely expensive. I heard it was like covered in Swarovski crystals. It looks expensive. Yes. It's quite a way to make an entrance. And I feel like that doesn't really happen anymore at pop concerts to that degree. No. The extravagance of it all. Um, So, I mean... We'll keep talking about the tour, but like that intro is just exquisite with Future Lovers. And that's what I associate with that song is that tour. Yeah. This song is very intricate. I feel like, Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole album is. Yeah. But it kind of is a little softer, more muted 
trancy moment. Yes, which this is like part of her. She perfectly marries her like uh, her like spirituality with dance music. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the, the key songs on this album that are kind of like sort of mystical with a dance beat. Yeah. And it's very good. <laughs> Should we move on to kind of a it's not jarring, but it is lyrically a little bit of a step back. Yes. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite transitions on yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Future Lover is very mystical mm-hmm. and it's more muted. And then this next song, it literally like whooshes in. You've got the sirens. Um, it's I Love New York. Mm-hmm. And the way that it transitions, which I, if you live somewhere that allows you to listen to the full track, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. But it is so fucking good. It is. It really takes you to the streets of New York. Yeah. Before we lived here. And the way the beat comes in for this song, it's mm-hmm. literally as if a taxi or a police car like flew past you yep. while you're on the street. Very immersive. I love it. Yeah. It's so immersive. Yeah. This entire album, I know we always joke like, oh my God, listen with headphones. Our fans will be like, if you listen with headphones, it sounds better. Right. But actually, yes. the way that this is produced, the sonic immersion in this album is fucking stellar. Mm-hmm. And it is not like anything they do anymore. Nope. The way that the audio goes from the left ear, can I even do it on this mic? You can practice it. Well, I can do it in post. Yeah, I'll do it in post. But like the way the music comes over here and then it swoops around and then it's like over here. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that worked, but (laughs) it literally takes you like forward, backward, left to right, in, out. Up, down. It's so fucking cool. It is very cool. Just like New York. (laughs) (laughs) Do other cities make you sad? They make me feel like a dork. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, lyrically, lyrically, this song is a little... Um... <clears throat> Madonna has these moments when she writes sometimes where she's a bit on the nose. Uh, she she thinks herself a, a comedian sometimes. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of sarcasm in this song. The funniest part about this song to me is like, it's about loving New York, but it's mostly about shading every other city. Right. Just dragging LA, dragging... <laughs> London, Paris, and then she's going to go tour to all those places right. <laughs> that she said were trash. This song was my shit, though, back in 2000. I mean, it's I was great. Like, I used to go, like, when I would come to go to college tours, I would put this on, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm moving to New York. Oh, my God. Same. Meanwhile, I had never traveled in my life. I'd been, like, on one vacation mm-hmm. as a kid, and I'm just, like, strutting through, and like, yeah, I'm going to New York. It really shows the the, like early to mid 2000s um, version of sassiness when she's like, just go to Texas. Isn't that where they golf or like, and which then she says, was a political shade. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause she changed that lyric on tour. Mm-hmm. The live version's a little different. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, she comes for former president Bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't like my attitude, then you can F off. She's very sassy in this song. She's basically Kelly Dodd. When Kelly Dodd was like, you're a little twerp freaking dork she's <laughs> very bad yeah um lots of mommy sass um but sometimes the best messages are the simplest and uh other places always make me mad no other place like new york you know the what? beat on this song is oh, 
this is my favorite part of the album. Mm. It's sort of like I Love New York is the hype song for me because it's con- I connect to it, like moving here, coming here mm-hmm. into like the next batch of songs right. is like the climax for me. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I don't know. I've Obviously, I'm not like the gauge of taste or like Sonic, whatever. Um, stream Brooke Hogan's new single on <laughs> iTunes. But the other thing I love about this album is that it's the perfect mix of tempo. Mm-hmm. Like the way that the beats pull in and out, it kind of has like breaks and comes back in and then slows down and then like speeds back up. Yeah. Yeah. She said she didn't want a, a, a flat out ballad on the album. She wanted it to be a dance record start to finish. And even though it has slower moments, it never really, it's never fully a ballad. No, never. So from, we go from I Love New York into Let It Will Be, which has one of my favorite bridges on the album. Like Just Watch Me Burn part. So good, especially live on the Confessions tour. This starts getting into Kabbalah Madonna, starts to get into even more spiritual undertones and stuff. I love Let It Will Be. It's so good. It's a stomper. There's not much to say that I can pull from this, but I just feel like it starts to incorporate some of her more spiritual thinking. Well, this song also, the message I get from it Mm -hmm. is that she's recognizing that no matter what she does, she's going to get criticized for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the line "just watch me burn" mm-hmm. and the beat kicks in. Yep, I just envision her like imagining herself burning at the stake, be like, which she does it. in Madam X. She did that literally in one of her most recent videos through Mickey Blanco. Yeah, I think about it, and um, she's like, just let it will be. Yeah, and which has been a prevailing theme throughout her whole music. It's like, you know, express yourself. Just fuck it. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say like it or not as she says later in the album Mm -hmm. you know love that for her it's a great message it is she is the queen of empowerment without yeah without cheese ever she does a empowerment song that doesn't feel like when we got hit over the head with empowerment songs from like 2010 to 12 right true also at the time i didn't even i mean i'm sure there were stands who kind of saw the meaning then Mm mm-hmm but I just remember this being an upbeat dance record for me at the time. Yeah. But as an adult, looking back on this and revisiting this album years later, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, now I'm starting to see how this fits into your career. Right. Where you were at, why these lyrics make sense. Right, right. And having a new love and almost rediscovering the album as totally. an adult. It's like a different appreciation now. Right. I think it's like what you said. Yeah. With the lyrics. Also, do I don't even know if I want to say this because oh I don't God. want to ruin the song. Oh, God. But like, you know how I told you when I like hear things, I like am a visual person. Mm-hmm. Are any of you like that where you hear a song and you see things or like you smell something and it brings you back to a place in time? Yeah. Um, a memory. I'm just a very, uh, what's that called? <laughs> I don't know you. Uh like, do you listen to music? And I mean, I've almost been hit by a car so many times because when I'm listening to music... You get lost in the music. There are so many people who can attest to this. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty as charged. I have flown past people on the sidewalk so many times, not seen them, not heard them, completely ignored them. Because when I'm listening to a song, I am like in my own music video. Yeah. 
No, like, that happens I'm basically to me regularly. Christina and Burlesque. Remember when she almost gets hit by the car because she's like dancing to the music? Yeah, Literally I almost got me. taken down last week. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> what were you listening to? <laughs> it was, I think it was the new Selena Gomez. And I was like, if I died listening to that fucking song. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, didn't, not yet. Yeah. Didn't die yet. My point was that I just get like caught up in my own music videos. And you do with this one? My mind. But I, the music video that I was thinking of, and this is so stupid and you guys are going to be like, I'm unsubscribing right now. But it kind of sounds like she's saying, let a be, let, like let her be. Okay. And I kind of think of like Sesame Street when they're like, let her be. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, yes. I'm just wondering where this is going. <laughs> It's not going anywhere. You're just thinking that Madonna's on the set of Sesame Street with Big Bird. And I'm just Ernie saying that I'm, yeah. And like, I think it should be shaking. a meme. Okay. Where oh, okay. the one that lives in the trash can or whatever is, like, pops out and he's like, just watch me burn. And then they're all like, <laughs> and they they're set all like the trash flopping. Can on and, fire. They're, yeah. <laughs> and they're all like, let her be. Yeah, I'd say you definitely ruined that song. <laughs> It's like this deep song about knowing success and fame. <laughs> and you're like shaking your tits on Sesame Street. Yeah, it's like, A, now let her be. Gotta let her be. And then Zoe just like busts out. You know that um, Vine of Zoe? Yep. The, like doing yeah. the death drop? Yeah. I think that's what I think of. Okay. So we need to make that a TikTok. That would be and a And then we, it can go viral. And then Madonna can thank us for having confessions go viral yeah. X amount of years later. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let her be and then let her see. Let let it will be. <laughs> either either about, you know, knowing the extent of fame and success or uh about uh getting to Sesame Street. The alphabet. <laughs> the alphabet. It does sound like she's saying let her be. Uh, anyway, yeah. I I didn't mean to take away from the song. I just thought it was funny and I was like, "Oh my god, this could be a meme." And you can all thank Vine for that. Oh, we do. Because there was the Zoe Vine, and then there was another Vine where someone took Sesame Street with some letter. Mm. I forget what it was, though. Anyway, you're welcome for the free meme idea. Um, Moving along, Uh because I'm taking it extremely lowbrow, beneath the surface, to one of my, if not my favorite Madonna song of all time, is the next song. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Oh, well... (laughs) My brand. (laughs) Like, what else is in store? No, but uh, Forbidden Love is the next track. And this is one of my favorite Madonna songs ever. It really is fantastic. And of course, as a young gay, my only thought is like, oh, it's about gay rights. Yeah. Even though she says... She says a boy boy. and a girl. I'm just like... "Uh, Did she change the lyric on tour... I don't think so, but what she did do is she had the two male dancers during this, I'm pretty sure. And okay, they, maybe they're, that's... And they're supposed to represent, like, I believe Islam and Judaism. Like, I believe she had Israel-Palestine moment with them. Yes, now that I think about it, yes. So she had two male dancers on the tour, interpretive dancing to this. Uh, I'm pretty sure that she can... That it the meaning of it is just, like... Cause she was sort of representing like different cultures at war, but it would also be like gay rights and any love that is forbidden. Right. Which across the globe, there are all around the world <laughs> forbidden, forbidden girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the same thing too. I was like, this is very gay rights, very gay rights. But for me, that plus 
the beat on this song is one of my favorites on the album. I think it is so rich. Mm-hmm. It is so intricate. It is so immersive. You, I mean, you have to listen with headphones. It's true. Just hearing the triangle. That's what that instrument is, right? I believe so. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> the subtle dinging. Yes, it's like of the triangle. It's just so detailed. It is. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. It really is. And another fun fact, it's the name of a song from Bedtime Stories, her 1994 album. Oh, she I has two that. forbidden loves. <gasps> yeah. A scandal a little bit. Also a great song. Bedtime Stories, sometimes my favorite Madonna album. But yeah, she self-references again by doing that. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I also love when it builds up and there's the gay that's like, five (laughs) yes four (laughs) and it's just like one and it just the beat stops and it picks back up right it is such a power walking catwalk album Mm -hmm. song like bitch i was getting my life to this the other day (laughs) i did an eight mile walk the other day I listened to the album three times straight mm-hmm. and I was just strutting my fucking gay ass and I was like, forbidden love, gay rights. Five, four, three, two, one. Like that last drop at the end. Oh. oh my God, I'm sweating. It's it's an experience. It really is. It's an escape. Mm-hmm. Which is what the forbidden lovers would like to do. <laughs> <laughs> so after we have a very intense uh Forbidden Romance, we pick it up a little bit with an empowering moment Mm -hmm. called Jump. This song gives me chills every time I listen to it, even still to this day. Wow. Yeah. There's a a video for this as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of parkour. A lot of jumping. A lot of jumping. A little more literal. One would say that the concept... Did I say a literal, more literal? uh, Something more literal. Some would say the concept of the jump video is, you know, jumping. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a very deep symbolism moment no it's uh madonna asking us if we are in fact ready to uh which is a way of saying like are you ready to take on whatever you want in life which is a a very madonna ism it's a very madonna type of song it's about moving on to the next thing always growing always learning always ready to take that next leap um and i'm very this is a very uh perfect for the time period that we were at in our lives because it was about not knowing what's ahead but taking the leap of faith which i think like really connected with me oh uh, totally so it was it's you it's know. the perfect embodiment of a new chapter mm-hmm. taking a risk taking a chance making a change and breaking away. this is her breakaway this is very breakaway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the line that resonated with me most on this and still does to this day is when she says, I can make it alone. Yes, which she then on the tour says, I can't make it alone. Well, <laughs> it's like, no, just stick to the script. Stick to your song. But like... Is that the lyric? Can't? No, it is. I can make it okay, alone. But then say, she like does it's... her little like monologue with the crowd. And she's like, the truth is, I can't make it alone. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and it's okay. like, okay. Yeah. Coming off the heels of a not good coming out experience. Right. Right. The line, I can make it alone, was like a extremely empowering mm-hmm. moment for me. I moved to the city. I moved and went to college. I went to FIT. 
I was a very unstoppable force and was not going to let anyone, anything get in my way, stop me. I was on a mission. And this song was a theme song for that angsty teen moment. I think the song was also a theme song in The Devil Wears Prada. It was, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not to take away from your personal experience, but it also was a shared gay experience. Yeah, it was in Devil Wears Prada. And yeah, because I went, I mean, I, if I, I didn't go for fashion, but everyone was obsessed with mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And so that song, too, it was like a cultural moment. It was. Yes, this is a, this is a very special part of the mm-hmm. album, for sure. I was listening to this song before we published our first episode of Legends Only. Oh, wow. Was, you were was, ready to jump? Mm-hmm into the external disc and i was like i'm scared to start a new chapter in my life yeah uh what do we go to jump by madonna for that inspiration click publish do it we all have those songs that represent breaking away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i requested breakaway to be our graduation song in college how'd that go uh it was rejected okay yeah yeah i believe our senior song was um might have been ushers yeah not sure sorry that's triggering there was oh. no trigger warning there <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> honestly, I or was that like trying to? I think that was like the me? theme song. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like it was either the theme song of a dance or our school. I don't know. Give it up for the class of 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Not for college, for high school. Oh, but yeah, we had high school songs. Didn't graduation? I think songs? we had like songs at dances that we. I don't. I try and block it out. Yeah, I don't remember that moment. Um, but anyway, you say jump. I say how high. <laughs> Um, again, we're, we're now deep into the more introspective side of confessions, uh, where she starts to talk about her own career and her own, um, sacrifices. And she shows that you can be deep and still make dance music, which I think is really important because everyone kind of like disregards dance music. And it's like, these are very, I think, profound lyrics. And yet it's a dance song. Totally. And the way that jump goes into how high the meanings are a perfect pair Mm-hmm. the way that it's they set the story totally i've strongly relate to this one it's it's like wanting to do a thing then doing it and then being like wait you know was it worth it and taking into everything that you've done and then you know m- was it exactly what you thought it would be right you know after we've moved to new york and done all the things we want to do and since like in revisiting this uh, album, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Jump was my 20s. Yeah. And How High is yeah, my 30s. totally. This is very uh, sort of like a, a spiritual connection and nothing really matters. Uh, very like um, questioning all the things you've done for yourself in your life and like what, who gives a fuck about money and fame and all that stuff. And does any of this matter? Very existential. Yeah. Highly relatable. It's like all the risks you've taken, mm-hmm. all of the hours you've worked or whatever it is that you've invested your time, blood, sweat, and tears into, you get to a point where you're like, was it worth doing any of that? Mm-hmm. And if that isn't relatable as fuck. I mean, yeah, it could apply to anything. It certainly can. Um, and the the cool thing also about this song is it was done with Bloodshine Avant, who would really go on to do Blackout. Yeah, Bloodshine Avant, along with Stuart Price, who did the whole album. Yeah. Wow, I mm-hmm. didn't know that was Bloodshine. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Speaking of Blackout, and I was waiting to say this to you on here, because Uh-oh. I was like, he's smarter. No. <laughs> I'm like, Brad's smarter. I'll just like see if, you know, 
I just don't think that I'm um, in a position to claim that I uh, have sonic taste, even though sometimes I think I do. Okay. But I was thinking about this album and it obviously was two years before Blackout and it's very electronic. Mm Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, is this out al- or was this album kind of a precursor for Blackout? Because we always talk about Blackout as being a pivot in pop music. Yeah. I feel like in pop culture, it's kind of the sound of it is a marker mm-hmm. on when music changed. Yeah. I mean, it's very highly acclaimed. Obviously, the fans, a lot of fans sing it's her number one album, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then in retrospect, I was kind of like, Confessions was almost a teaser for what Blackout would be. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, there's always dance albums every year. Like, it's not like it's never that. I think Confessions kind of set forth dance music in sort of a Euro way. Like, I feel like Cascada came out at that time in like September, Cry For You. And like, all those songs were sort of happening post-Confessions. And I don't know if maybe that trickled into because blackout for me is like um, R and B in a lot of ways. Like it's got yeah, the a sounds lot of like darker, something more urban. Yeah, as she would say. What kind of song would you have him do if you were his mentor? Something more urban. More urban. Yeah. Like what? More bass heavy. Yeah. And then confessions is confessions like Euro. I feel yeah, it's, Euro electronic. Yeah, trance. So it's almost like I do kind of feel like Europop inspired Blackout or like it was the, yeah, it's like a predecessor, I would say, definitely. And also kind of more conceptual album, like as a whole. Yeah. I felt like they have similarities. Yeah. I do wonder if Britney listened to Confessions and was like, I'd love a start to finish like this album because Blackout is undeniably like regardless of whether it's your favorite Britney album it is absolutely her most cohesive start to finish just like confessions and they both have kind of a cool down moment yeah the last song is like a cool it's like not completely valid but it's interesting oh my gosh if that is one question I would love answered Mm -hmm. is did Britney Spears listen to confessions on a dance floor and what does she think about it she definitely did if she posts an Instagram one day where she's listening to John how high is very on brand for her right now it really is oh the question um well well yeah we'll have to (laughs) we'll we'll dm her and find out yeah (laughs) um so we get into you know some some like existential questioning and then we really get into the the guts of of kabbalah madonna with isaac which is like very religious symbolism but without hitting you over the head with it i want to say it's not my favorite on the album but it is no me neither but it has one of my favorite um uh sonic moments at the end that like boom boom yeah the way that it like i've said this before but there's so many moments where it's not your typical pop song that has like verse chorus catchy 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 she pulls all the sounds out and then they stop and then they come back in and this has one of the most abrupt. Yeah. And it's oh, fucking so good. It's funny. On the same album, you have I Love New York as you have Isaac. And Isaac is just written by Madonna and Stuart Price. So it's like sometimes she writes really profound. Like, I think this is beautiful writing. And then sometimes she writes I Love New York, which is very goofy. Get you a girl who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> it's the longest song on the album. It's the Kabbalah Madonna moment but I think it's a nice addition. It's not my favorite, but 
it keeps it going, it keeps the album going. Yeah. And I think it fits in the story of taking risks. Then she's having this self-reflective moment on yeah. how high, and then her spirituality comes in. Yes. It's just there you go. such a good story yeah. as the album progresses. And then you get pushed <laughs> <laughs> into push which starts to be it's not all her it starts to be like um opening up to somebody else and being like you literally you push me to be my best self right almost like opening herself up to a relationship mm -hmm. again could be it could be anything it'd be her kids it could be a relationship it could be her haters her fans it's all because you push me it could easily be both her haters or her fans yeah it's true um, so, you know, I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of the verses on this one. Yeah. They're kind of weak. Yeah. But I love the chorus. That's true. Same way I feel about I Love New York. It's almost like weak yeah. lyrics that kind of sound a little childish. Yes. But the production and the sound is so good. Actually reminds me the like um the dinging of the the like bell sounds reminds me of yeah, reminds me of like uh, hard candy early days. Like it starts to It does. A hint of that. Yeah. Totally. Which, you know, she was ahead of her time. Very ahead of her time. Um so yeah, push almost uh gives a nod to that era, which is interesting. And then the final track on the album is called Like It or Not. Bloodshine Avant did Like It or Not, producers on Blackout. This is actually only Bloodshine and Avant and Madonna. This is not Price. And I think it's like a very underrated ending of the song, of the album. The performance on the tour kind of sold it to me. The strut with the chair and she's like sassing the crowd on the catwalk. I think it's a very strong performance. I like the lyrics a lot. Um, this is quintessential Madonna. Take me as I am. You can like it or not. I don't give a fuck. That kind of vibe. Was this supposed to sound kind of like American Life, the song? I don't think so. What I feel like, are, it, like I don't know, like the, I don't know, the production of it sounds kind of similar to me. Um, It has a little edge to it. It definitely has an edge to it. It's is like more pointed than the rest of the album, I think. Yeah. Um, Which I kind of love that it ends because it yeah. obviously it's like this masterpiece and at the end, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. No, I agree. Uh, it's a good defining statement to leave on, to be like, this is who I am. You can like it or not. Love me or leave me because I'm never going to stop. And if there's any prevailing theme in Madonna music, it's I'm never going to stop. Mm -hmm. Don't stop me. You'll never stop me. And she's going to say that until the day she dies. And then right. she'll have a recording that will play at her gravesite. That'll say, you can't stop me. I'm still here. Yeah. That I like, very much was like, this is her nod to thinking people thinking that they had ended her. Yeah. And she's like, Nope, that was a masterpiece and I'm still here <laughs> and I'm going to be back again. And I just love it. Yeah. I, it's such a good finale. It is. And I love the imagery of I'll be the garden and you'll be the snake. All of my fruits is yours to take. Wow. Yeah. Her reputation era. Truly. Yeah. She invented snakes. She invented um, having a bad reputation. Um, <laughs> so that's Confessions standard version. I had, I bought like a deluxe edition that had a journal that came with it too. Cause I was obsessed wow. with the packaging. You just like opened it up and you were like, <laughs> how high are the stakes? How much fortune can I make? 
what is my LJ Live Journal login? I forgot. That's basically where I was at in 2005. Yeah. What a strong album, to say the least. Sometimes I feel like, so sort of like how I get irritated about Britney fans who've come into the community with Blackout. I feel in a way that like some gays like us like came into Madonna in 2005 with Confessions. Guilty. Where she's lived so many lives before that. And I've had to like put in the research to understand why people loved her for so many different years of so many different eras. Not that it's hard to understand, but just to understand like what I missed basically. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes downplay Confessions because I'm like... I know that was like special to me, but like there are so many good eras and my favorite eras are like erotica and bedtime stories. But like revisiting this for the deep dive, I was like, Oh, this really, it was so incredible, such an incredible album and era. And the cohesiveness of it all is like astounding, just visual, the tour, the photos, the everything you talk about, like a full package. Like she really did that. Granted, she's done it before, like erotica, that that whole era also is seamless. But like, it just, it really is a moment. And it's especially important to me because it was my entry point into Madonna. Mm-hmm. Totally. And the tour, which I was, so I think we talked about how we were like too chicken to like go to concerts while we were like growing up, or at least I was. Well, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts. Okay. We didn't I, have money. <laughs> my parents would have loved if I went out in general with friends (laughs) i was just you know i was actually gonna do onyx hotel and then she hurt the knee right before connecticut same um but this i i knew confessions tour was coming up and i just i was like i can't do it yeah i just couldn't do it i was saving money for college i I was like oh i can't go it was that too but also yeah i just yeah i I didn't want to go alone to a true you know like nobody was gonna I didn't Which have... we would totally do now. Oh, God, yes. I have done. Yes. But at that, that time, I was not going to be like a baby gay at a Madonna concert. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was too antisocial. But to that point, the reason I brought it up is I think Confessions Tour is like my number one regret of like not attending because... Oh, I would have loved to have been there. It, I mean, a Jamie King production, just like, you know, he's done Return Brilliant. of the Spice Girls, everything that we love circus circus um it just it's such a flawless production and i just wish that i saw that up close i mean luckily we do have a dvd we have an incredible dvd and it really this was before her dvd quality became like manic jump cuts in later years which yeah it's too much well done it's yes there i mean nothing will be as terrible as the femme fatale tour that's true. But Madonna does have a pretty fantastic collection of live recordings. She is one of the only artists who releases the live album with each concert, mm-hmm. which this I'm is so grateful so for. Well but this done. is so perfect. Phenomenal. I regularly, like, as far as my, like, gym go-tos, like, the opening of all of her shows always pump me up at the gym. But, like, this album I can go straight through. The live version of this. She has such good tour intros. She really does. And she blesses us by putting them on iTunes. Like yeah, you can stream Spotify it now. Spotify and Apple Music, available now. And even the album art of that is Ugh, So good. Yeah, the, the tour intro alone is like peak pop perfection of coming in a giant fucking disco ball. It's like ticks all the boxes for me. Simplicity. Yes, but also intricate equestrian outfit and whipping the dancers, mm-hmm. which was a play on... 
so like a year before, I believe it was a year, she had fallen off the horse and it was like all in the media that she had broken bones and stuff. So she was like reclaiming her horse girl narrative. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like literally getting back on that horse, which that is so Madonna. It's like, oh, it's tried to stop me. Now I'm going to theme this fucking show around the horse. Right. (laughs) And then that horse would go on to be... Used in radar, radar. No. <laughs> <laughs> that horse had a very long storied career from breaking madonna's <laughs> bones to being a circus to getting showered down with a hose and radar and showered down the hose r.i.p radar horse but um yeah i would say highlights of that tour were the opening um the erotica performance kills me she does like a beautiful dance to a mix of the song that uses the demo of erotica called you thrill me and that actually played we were at uh where were we we were in brooklyn at what's that fucking bar rosemont and they were doing the video pop night top of the poppers i believe oh mm-hmm. and uh they played that performance and people like were mesmerized by it and then i heard like a like a who's that from <laughs> But that's us now when like... I know, it is, it <laughs> is, I know, I know, it's hard and it's only going to get harder and I realize this is cyclical and like every generation is going to have their moment of feeling old so I feel like very vindicated that like all these baby gays will have their moment where a babier gay is going to be like, who's Ariana Grande? True, it will happen. And that, that'll certainly happen. And then there'll be some gay that's like, well, why don't you tell them everyone what that is? <laughs> She had the best ponytail of anyone. No one else. Could. But uh, yeah, um, erotica and the finale with hung up. It's like a nine minute opus. And she, the crowd participation, uh, when she yells at everyone to repeat time goes by so slowly. I always think of that too. Time I, goes by. <laughs> so slowly. <laughs> and it's more on the left side. She's like screaming <laughs> it. And that, like, once that doesn't happen at concerts anymore, really. Like, no, that amount of crowd participation and the way that she makes everybody go mental. Well, I mean, now you've got BB Rexa. That's like this, <laughs> this song, song was number one for five fucking weeks. You better sing the fucking words, the fucking song, which Thank I do you, appreciate. DJ, <laughs> basically me. Yes, bar. that's very you as a pop star. You Every are time BB I hear Rexa. a song and someone's like, "What is this?" I just quote that video. <laughs> I'm like, this song was number one for 50 fucking weeks. This song was number one for 50 fucking weeks. You're going to sing the fucking words if you know the fucking song. Let's do it again, please. Thank you. (laughs) Even though it never charted. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, cyclical. It is cyclical. Which I think it's why it's such an interesting time to bring this album back up because revisiting it as an adult, I had such a different experience with it. That's true too. And we were talking about this rise in disco sound and I started to listen to the new Dua song again mm-hmm. and kind of comparing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, history repeating itself. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you love this new sound and I, w- I mean we don't know if it's gonna continue and if all the girls are gonna go dance disco right. pop right but if you don't know about confessions highly recommend taking yeah. a visit yeah if you haven't uh, gotten the gist by now we were very into the album <laughs> <laughs> we highly recommend we highly recommend i do consider it one of the 
gay Bibles that you do need to digest. And yeah, I think it just represents um, a really important era for her. You also have to consider, as we said, she was like 45-ish and like consider like where she was in her career to have another global moment happen. Like it's like unheard of aside from Cher, I would say like that really just never happens. You don't really get another global moment that deep into your career. And it's, it sparked a whole nother revival of interest in her. And that is why she is the queen of pop, in my opinion. I mean, facts are facts because this wouldn't be her last nope. major moment. No, I feel like it. there was a lull with American Life. I mean, it was still very public. But there was a critical lull, and this kind of just reignited the spark for... I mean, it was number one everywhere, so she got the last laugh. She, she still does. Did that? She did that. Whether you like it or not. Oh my god, like oh. it or not, featuring Sammy Sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and I'm staying. Whether Honestly, you, you should like do that remix. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and I'm staying, whether you... I'm ruining all of the songs from the album I've ruined. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) So on that note, before I continue to ruin any more songs for all of you, Uh I think that's a good time to say goodbye. Wait, I have one more thing to ruin. Oh, Oh. (laughs) I'm ready. I don't. One lowest lowbrow thing is Heidi Montag, the end of that album, Love It or Leave It, I always thought was like, like (gasps) it or not. It's the same message, kind of. It is. So basically <sighs> what I'm saying is Superficial is the Confessions of 2010. Oh my God. <laughs> Superficial is literally her confessions. Yeah. Well, it's her own, I mean. It's her it's only her, confession on the dance It's her confessions, floor. MDNA, Circus, Femme Fatale, because it's her only album. Yeah. It's all those things. Wow. And we'll get into that when we deep dive that beauty. Can we try and interview her? Absolutely. Can I? I'll She's DM her. available and selling crystals. Well, you know, I support an entrepreneur. That's right. And we can, literally, <laughs> your question can be: Were you inspired by Confessions <laughs> on Dance? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm gonna ask her. Everyone, take note. If we get an interview with Heidi Montag, we are We're gonna make asking. Brad ask that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> my questions are not as highbrow as that. That is, we're gonna ask that. Yeah goals my question is gonna be like where did you get the bodysuit that looks like britney's right performance right (laughs) wow what an interesting observation thanks sometimes i do have really um really cool and different takes Mm -hmm. on things very left lane yeah well that sure was very deep in our hearts Mm -hmm. of a deep dive it was very personal connection and if you guys liked this deep dive we would like to know because we want to do more of these. And we have a little announcement for you guys, something that we're introducing because we told you that we want this to be more interactive and get input from you guys and have you guys actually help pick and choose the deep dives that we do. So we are officially introducing a Patreon page, which if you don't know what Patreon is, I can give you like a little, do we think the girls now? It's kind of like OnlyFans. Yep. 
but, but different. <laughs> different. We haven't well, gotten we'll Brad see to... what I, we'll see what we decide on for the tears. You know, I'm trying to convince Brad. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, Brad, we got to pay for our hosting somehow. It's, you know what? I'm I'm down. Hosting as in like web hosting. Not, oh. Yeah. Not the anyway. <laughs> not gotta, the kind. <laughs> we've got to explain everything. We've got to lay it all out there. All right, fine. Okay. So we are introducing a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash legends only. And what Patreon does is it allows people to subscribe to their favorite creators, artists, comic book, writers, etc. Literally anything. And you subscribe with a monthly contribution that you get to decide what that is. And let me just also say, it may not be clear from the um, just listening casually, but Kyle is a independent producer of this podcast, and he spends hours upon hours editing all of my awful, not good ticks, vocal ticks, and all of my vocal breaks and... Uh, the point is, he spent a lot of time on this project, and as a result, I think that the Patreon is such a great idea because it allows our listeners to show their appreciation for your very, very hard work, which often goes under the radar because of the effortless, seamless production value. Wow. Thank you. So it I'm is a passion saying. project. So Yeah, but you should also get coin for it. <laughs> I love editing out all of your pauses. Please. Yes. Thank you. Including this segment right here. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So um, what you could do is you can go to patreon.com slash legends only and you can check out the tiers right now. See whatever you feel comfortable contributing. Um, It would be a huge, huge value to us to continue the podcast. And who knows? We'll throw in some surprises along the way. Yeah, and it just gets to be more interactive. Yeah, we really want to know what you guys actually want to hear for the deep dives, and we want you to guide those. So if you feel extremely strongly that Bionic needs to come next, then... Well, <laughs> Bionic is happening. Right. 10 years of Bionic. But we uh, we want to hear from you, specifically what you'd like to hear from us. Yeah. And we're curious. What did you guys think? Did you enjoy this? And if you did, tweet us that... Um, I want to... Is it bad to say the gay disco dancing? Um, I believe I you know believe he is him. gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically me in a purple suit. <laughs> right. There is literally every Wendy moment is applicable, but in this case it's Wendy <gasps> side-eyeing that gay who claimed he wasn't in high heels. <laughs> he was wearing six-inch heels. Have you ever tried to walk in six-inch heels, ladies? I mean, I haven't. I haven't. Like an imagine you might sway a little bit and lean on the walls. So there's that. <laughs> Basically, Wendy we side put that as an audio that emoji. Oh, I know, right? Ugh, um, well, you guys know who he is. If you enjoyed this deep dive, tweet us, Instagram us, spam our comment section with, with the, the little disco the little queen, dancing disco queen in the purple suit. Mm-hmm. Love her. Um, Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's all for this week. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everyone who makes fun of me for repeating you. Okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I real I it, it it happened last week. I realized it in editing because I've done a lot. Yes, hours. I've, I have listened to our us talk for probably at least eighty hours, and I never saw it. And I caught it last week. I caught it eventually <laughs> because somebody said that they were going to make a super cut of all the times I repeat. I thought it's just basic human 
agreement thing to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, lots of things. Yeah, lots of yeah, things. Yeah, lots of things. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> you did. Yeah. That, to me, seems like a normal yeah, human Yeah, that to me was like kind of normal too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You no, could just I have your own podcast. <laughs> but I also think in your defense, it was things where we were trying to like say it at the same time. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, anyone else who wants to call me the Manny Mua to your Jeffrey, I've had it you know officially. <laughs> well, we've both been canceled. So it's true. I suppose there are some parallels. Yeah. <laughs> I think Manny Mua is hot. You know what? That's something that you just said. If and you can. I'm not taking it back. Put, you can put it out into the universe. I've tried. Yeah, that's true. You have. He has. I right swiped him on Tinder. Well, Manny, if you're listening. There is a swipe waiting for you from T. Kyle. And if you don't like my podcast, then don't fucking listen. God. <laughs> oh, God. All right. We need to log out. We absolutely do. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening. And let us know what you think about confessions. And we will see you. See you. Repeat. S- repeat me. Uh, oh, and we will see you <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.